Hello and welcome to Giving Ventures, a podcast to help you grow your giving and change the world for the better. Each episode, we share innovative charitable efforts leveraging private philanthropy to solve public problems. I'm your host, Peter Lipset, Vice President at Donors Trust. This show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor advised fund focused on helping conservative and libertarian donors of all capacities simplify, protect, and grow their giving. My colleagues and I talk with a lot of groups doing great work. This show lets us share a bit of what we learned with you so you can discover new projects for your own philanthropy. I live in an area that is rich in historical sites, from Civil War battlefields to Revolutionary-era sites of interest to the site of the birth home of the inventor of the Grain Reaper. These sites help tell the American story and highlight the rich, varied history of our nation. And many of these sites are powered by philanthropic dollars, and often a little investment can go a long way. Today on the show, we'll explore the importance of leveraging charitable giving to support our historic places. My guest today is a passionate supporter of such projects and has a unique way of doing so, which we're going to also unpack for the donors listening who may find a different way of doing some of their giving through what our guest has to say. Tom Hand is a West Point graduate and went on to build up the Gilman Cheese Corporation in Wisconsin. Once he sold the company in 2019, he started out on a new path as a great communicator about and preserver of American history. In 2020, he launched a website called Americana Corner to share thoughts on history, and today that website is rich in content, both written form, but also with these great short videos covering so many aspects and historic moments, uh, historic people from our country. And the website also has uh, great information on a wonderful grants program that Tom administers through Donors Trust, in fact. Uh, that gave away more than $800,000 already here in 2023. These grants go to fund projects meant to improve historic sites across the country that tell the incredible story of America from its founding era through its first century as a nation. So, Tom, before we get into the grants program and, and the motivations for doing all of this, I am curious, is there one historic site in this country that you think really stands above the rest in the way it tells the American story? Uh, there is. Now, Peter, you're going to get me in trouble because of all the places I'm not going to name. But I'm going to name it. I'm not going to dodge your question. Uh, Mount Vernon is my all-time favorite. It's, uh, I suppose it's, it's an easy one. Uh, it's the story of George Washington, of course, and a, a quintessential American, at least in my mind. And the ladies there, the Ladies Association, still tells the George Washington American story in an inspirational manner. They, uh, they haven't succumbed to the, this current craze of uh, finding a lot of criticism and uh, focusing on that. They focus on his accomplishments and just love going there. Never tire of it. Yeah, Mount Vernon is a, is a great choice. And I think many, many other places will excuse your, your saying it. And it's also <laughs> a great historical or a great a philanthropic story as well. And, and we won't get into it all here, but just the way the ladies came together and saved the estate and uh, it's all privately funded. So maybe that's another episode in the future because it is a, well, it's it's might a great be. Now, story. Do you have a favorite? I'm going to ask you. <laughs> you, have a... uh, you know, Mount Vernon has got to be up there, but really just being in DC and walking through the, 
knowing that it used to be a swamp and yet here it is. And despite all the troubles, you have these monuments and you have this this historic front lawn and with the mall. And, you know, I, I think D.C. in and of itself is kind of a, a great historic place. It's a great choice. Great choice. So where does your love of history come from? I don't know, uh, to be honest. I um, I think it just happened. You know, I, I grew up relatively poor. Uh, uh, my mom, a single mom kind of thing, and uh, she was disabled, so we didn't have a car. So we didn't do the traditional family vacation to Gettysburg or to uh, Valley Forge. You know, even though we lived in Pennsylvania, we really, if we wanted to go anywhere, we had to take the Greyhound bus somewhere. And so... Uh, I never saw any sights, uh, but I do remember one Christmas she gave me this uh, uh, pictorial atlas of the uh, Civil War. Uh, she probably bought it in, I don't know, Sears or whatever it was back then. And uh, anyway, I fell in love with Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant and the whole Civil War thing. And uh, after that, I was probably eight or nine years old, I don't know, something like that. And after that, I couldn't get enough of it. Every book I bought was American history. And uh, I'll tell you a little anecdote. I won't bore you with too many stories today. But um, I was so hooked that I was, I don't know, 9, 10 years old, got in trouble for something. And I was going to run away. And so I probably went up to the hill behind my house and hid out or something. I don't know. But I remember writing this little note to my mom. uh, uh, Dear mother, I'm running away to join West Point and start my own civil war, respectfully yours, Thomas P. Hand, uh, future civil war general. And, uh, and I put one of those little one-by-one-inch pictures that you got in school, you know, those little school pictures, just so she'd remember me. <laughs> and then That's great. And about lunchtime, I got hungry and came home. <laughs> <laughs> got to feed the troops. That's, but, that's important. But she, important. she kept that for me all these years, so that's anyway. That's great. But you did go to West Point. You, you even I did. It was, I did. took a few years later than that, and then went on to to start a company, which is which is great. And you know now you're so engaged in the philanthropic front. I'm curious, from your time as being an entrepreneur and founding this this great company, this cheese company, uh, you grew, you sold. How has your background in business influenced your approach to charitable giving? Well, that's a great question, Peter. You know, the, the short answer is that I'm still looking for return on investment. I don't like giving money away or spending it or investing it uh, uh, foolishly. And not every charity is a good investment, just like not every business opportunity is a good investment. And so I still approach my charitable giving as an investment. Uh, if, if I'm going to give an organization $10,000, what will they do with that? Who will see it? Uh, do they have reach? Uh, do they have visitation? Do they have uh, social media followings? And so when I'm evaluating uh, the grants each year, I take a look at uh, where those dollars will be used and how they're going to be used and how they're going to help further the great American story. And so it's still a return on investment. And I think I learned that from running my cheese business. Yeah, these little spots, these little historical places are a business in and of themselves. And you can't propagate the lessons of it if people don't come and, and they're not marketing. They're not telling the story in a way that's attractive to people. Well, right. And so one of the things we're trying to look at now is uh, how can we help these smaller organizations stand up better? Uh, honestly, Peter, so many of these organizations have great stories to tell. They don't know how to tell it. 
they don't know how to get the message out there. They're, uh, honestly, there are a lot of uh, people like myself. I'm 63, and uh, we didn't grow up on that sort of social media stuff. But if you're not doing it well, you're not getting your message out there. And these places have great stories to tell. And so the next phase I'm trying to figure out now is how to help them tell more people about what they do, whether it be visitation or whether or social media stories or whatever. I still haven't figured that one out, uh, but it's the next uh, leg of our little journey here at some point in the near future we're going to do that. Well, and I guess some of these programs are are pretty niche, right? I mean, you if you know, I'm not a big Civil War guy. I'm surrounded by Civil War stuff down where I am here. Uh, but if there was something particularly on the Revolutionary Era that was around here and I didn't know about it, I'd, I'd want to know about it. And so I'm wondering in these conversations, or is there any organization out there that's really doing a good job of finding the right niches? Well, most of the visitation for the places that we deal with, are, most of it's local stuff. Uh, Kanakaj Institute in Pennsylvania, for instance, uh, they do a great job up there. They got a very vibrant uh, managing director, uh, Matthew Wett, and he's just doing fantastic work. But He's making it happen. He's he's uh, getting uh, postings on his website. They're hosting vi- uh, events at their site, and they have a, a small budget. And uh, but they're they're doing a lot of good things. But uh, what I'm finding is that you have to have a vibrant board. Uh, most of these places that we're supporting, at all of them are, are, are all volunteer. And. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they have to learn how to tell these stories better, but I, I think we're helping them do that. At least I hope I am. And, uh, but as I said, the next phase is the time I get um, some infrastructure things, Peter, whether it be a website, upgrade, developing the social media platforms for them. But um, anyway, I'm probably wandering, but that's what we're trying to do next, I think. You know, from a philanthropic standpoint, I know you have a particular interest in preservation. You're on the board of the Battlefield American Battlefield Trust, which buys land where battles took place, mostly Civil War, but Revolutionary War, and I guess it could, in theory, be Spanish-American War and French-Indian and other things, too, um, holds that land in trust and, and prevents it from being developed, which is a really interesting concept and then allows for some of that storytelling. When, you know, your grant program talks a lot about preservation, why preservation versus some of the storytelling versus the educational programs? Are other people letting other people deal with that? Or is that all incorporated? Talk to me about that. Well, I, I always try to find gaps to fill. Uh, if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're not really doing anything as meaningful as you could if you find a, your own space in which to operate. Um, and, and we do some educational stuff. Uh, Battlefield Trust, and by the way, the Battlefield Trust is one of those premier organizations that, uh, that I've dealt with hundreds of organizations since I've been doing this program. I've been on several boards, and uh, nobody touches the American Battlefield Trust in terms of telling the American story in an in inspirational, positive way. They're saving this land uh, so that people can continue to understand what happened, uh, the, the men that, that died keeping our freedoms for us. Um, and so we do some educational things. In fact, we have an educational program with the, uh, the Battlefield Trust right now in the American Revolution. But the reason we don't do mostly education is because I feel like the other part of my, uh, of my work is my website. And we post a story uh, every Tuesday. 
Uh, I script and post a corresponding video every Friday. And I like to flatter myself and think that that's educational, that uh, people are enjoying that. We're getting some good followings on our website, a lot of views on our videos. And I feel like I can do some of that stuff myself. What I can't do is I can't be uh, in York, Pennsylvania to put a new roof on a house where Henry Knox slept. I can't do that. But we have money. Char and I have been blessed with a lot of money. And, and so we, we can give money to people who can do that work. And so I can't do the preservation but I can give money to people that have the time and the energy, uh, the boots on the ground, if you will, to do that work. And so I'm focusing on the things I can't do personally. Um, I can write a check from here, send it out to them. They get the work done. They're doing fantastic work. But I can write the stories and I can write the, uh, uh, do the videos. And if, but if somebody comes to me with a compelling educational need, we help them as well. I think that's a great example of what, makes philanthropy so great is recognizing that there are these groups out there that can do work that you can't do, but you like, and, and being able to use your dollars so that they can use their time, they can use their energy and a unique position to, to get things done. I think that's the essence of American philanthropy. Well, it is, Peter. It's, this has been so inspirational to see how many early American history organizations want to continue to tell the great American story. It's really an inspirational story. Unlike any other country in the world, in my opinion. And sometimes if you just watch mainstream media, you can be disappointed or, or discouraged that um, more people are forgetting about this great country in which they live. And yet this whole uh, this application-based process that I have has uh, really been so uh, uplifting to know there's so many people out there who still want to tell the great American story. And uh, they just, they don't have access to the mainstream media. And so that's what this is all about. Well, you segued nicely into my next question. Tell us about the Preserving America grants. What's the what's the idea there? What are you hoping to achieve with it? Well, I'm hoping, the, the, the short answer is that I, I want to keep the great American story alive. And, uh, and so I'm only one guy. Um, but I'm doing my part uh, to, to keep it alive. And, and so the, the stories and the videos is one thing. The Preserving America Grant Program is something I came up with to expand my reach. Uh, as I said, I can't be everywhere, but I can send money out. And, and the people that are out there can do the work. And beyond that, I'm, I'm hoping that I will um, develop partnerships, relationships, with these organizations. I hope it's not a one and done where I send a check to somebody, we put up some new signs and we don't hear from them again. I'm hoping that they will continue to come to us with other projects and we can help them grow their site and their organization. And we can grow with them. It, for me personally, it's, it's a lot of fun to talk to these organizations. I, I correspond with every single organization that sends us an application because I want to know more about them. And it takes time. It takes effort, but I know what they're about, and uh, and we follow them. We require updates uh, at six months and at project completion, and it keeps the dialogue going. And uh, they send me their newsletters, and I follow them uh, on, on social media, and I know what they're about. And they come back next year, and we can do it again. And so the whole idea is develop relationships and foster these organizations over time. 
And, um, you know, so far it's working out pretty well, Peter. Well, you've done it for two years now. In 2022, you gave away, I think, a little more than $400,000. And then the grants program, which which runs, kind of all done in the first quarter of the year. You're very efficient with this. Uh, you gave away, you doubled that this year. Do you feel like it's having the impact that you want? Or is it still too early to really tell? You need a few more years under you. Well, Great question. I, I do think it's having the impact. Now, um, what I'm hoping for ultimately is that uh, these sites will prosper. They'll get more visitation. They'll get more people following them on social media platforms. They will um, they'll continue to grow their, their site. In that aspect, I suppose it's a little bit early, but, but not entirely too early. Uh, if we gave um, I don't know, Perryville Battlefield money to put up new signs and the signs are up it's a tangible proof that we're helping them it's not necessarily proven out that more people are showing up there but i really believe in business if you have a good product and you tell people about it and you deliver what you say you're going to deliver people will come back they'll be repeat customers and i believe that was with uh, hist historic sites as well if we can help these organizations provide a better product, you know, better signage, maybe better audiovisual uh, things to enhance the visitor experience, make the walking trails a bit more walkable. Visitors are gonna come back, they're gonna have a better experience. They'll be repeat customers. And so in that sense, I think it's too early to tell, but I get the sense that the products are getting better because of our help. And so that's really the first step in building a business is having a product that will sell and resell. And, and I think that part so far is working out uh, wonderfully. Yeah, it's, it's funny how important something seemingly as small as a sign, a wayfinder sign can be to, to some of these places. Because you go in, especially if you don't know the history, if you don't really know what you're looking at, any sign that can point you in the right direction is uh, both, both, both physically, but also conceptually matters so much. Well, it does. You know, you think about showing up someplace and you're frustrated because you can't find out what's going on or you get lost and it's a bad experience. You go back and you tell people about it. It's just, it's bad for the brand. And all of us have a brand. Donuts Trust has a brand. Americana Corner has a brand. Every site has a brand and they have to recognize that the things that happen there register in people's minds and that brand is important. And so if someone walks away from the Hermitage here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and um, they have a good experience. They talk about the brand in a positive manner. Bad experience, they talk about it in a negative manner. And so we're hoping that we can improve what these people are doing on site. So when visitors go away, they tell other people about the, uh, the site. And then, of course, that uh, further expands the American story, I think. Well, hopefully we have done our job okay. You've partnered with us in this and using us as a conduit for this, which is a unique way to use a donor-advised fund. I, I, I think... It's great. Um, has that experience worked out? How'd you end up deciding to go the donor advised fund route for administering these grants? Well, I'll, um, I'll answer your first question first, and that donors trust. You said the partner, and that's exactly what donors trust is. Uh, this whole thing, Peter, has worked out so much better than I expected. I had been with um, a very professional outfit, uh, Vanguard Charitable, uh, professionally run. They always treated me well, but um, they're big. And I needed a personal touch. I needed to know that my team was in this with me. 
Um, and donors trust is that that partner that you just dream of having with philanthropy because you guys do everything I ask you to do. And my asks are not easy. I don't just give you some money to send a couple checks. We go through 200 applications. I mean, you guys cut 130 checks for me last year. That's not easy stuff. And I put you guys on a tight timetable and you get it all done for me. And Greg Conco, by the way, is number one. He is fantastic. He is terrific. Um, and he's He's one leg of our team. and The other person is Sherry Breen. Sherry Breen runs a company in Savannah called Left Brain Right. And she is she's helped me make Americana Corner what it is. She does a lot of the behind-the-scenes work. I get all the fun accolades. I'm always on camera. Um, and so it's Sherry and Greg and me. And the three of us get together countless times on Zoom calls throughout the, the, the great, our grant season. And um, it's just a fantastic team. And I couldn't have that experience at Vanguard Charitable Fidelity. It's not, nothing against them, but my name isn't Bill Gates. And so I'm not going to get what Bill Gates is going to get. And you guys are so personal and you're so involved with what we do that it's just, it's, it's been a huge blessing. I just can't speak highly enough about it. Well, that's kind of you. I, I think it's just a neat way to use a donor advised fund. It's one of the things, obviously, I go bang the drum about, about how flexible a tool it is. So it's it's a great case study. Well, it's so easy administratively. You know, I tried a foundation when I was, oh, maybe 50 or so. I've always wanted to uh, donate. I've always felt the, the drive to do that. And honestly, Peter, it was a hassle. It was paperwork. It was IRS stuff. It was everything I didn't want to do. I like creating programs. I don't like administrative stuff at all. And it's important to know thyself. And I know that if I had a foundation, it would be floundering because it would be all on me. Administrative stuff isn't what I do. But I turn to you guys, donors trust. You guys do everything for me. You send out the letters, you send out the checks, you do. You make sure everybody is a 501c3. You make it so easy for me. Uh, it's, it's just no hassle whatsoever. Well, we're happy to do it. Well, I imagine there's there's two kinds of folks listening now, those who are working at organizations wondering, how do they apply for some of these grants that you're so generously giving out? Uh, and then uh, also donors out there who may be saying, you know, this is an interesting model, uh, whether it's for historical giving or for something else they care about, but this application-driven philanthropy is a good model for their own goals. So let's take each of those in turn, maybe as we kind of wrap up, how can organizations apply? Um, and then let's talk about the, the kind of donor piece for a sec. Well, we keep it simple. Every uh, uh, November 15th to December 15th, we open up the application window. Um, it's 30 days. They get the applications in and we send out announcements four weeks ahead of time. We, run, uh, we make an announcement every single week. We want people to apply. Uh, we don't want to have a, a program that doesn't get a lot of solicitation. And so... We advertise on YouTube. We advertise on, uh, on um, social media channels so people can know about us. And, and so then December 15th comes around. You have to have a, your application in. I, and I review every single one personally. And I correspond with every single applicant personally. Um, and I review every one. And we go back and forth. And then I pass them over to, to Greg and you guys at Donors Trust. And uh, you guys take care of it from there. And then my favorite day of the year, George Washington's birthday. We announce all the winners, and I get a chance to play Santa Claus. So it's uh, it's tons of fun, and um, 
And then throughout the course of the year, we get updates from the organizations. And so we get the chance to correspond even more with them, follow their progress. And uh, it's just a, a real kick for me. And so it's just uh, tons of fun. Now, the other part of the question is the, the application-based thing. Um, it's not for everybody. It's only for those who want to become more involved. It's, it's, it's not as easy as simply cutting a check and saying, here's a check for some organization in Mississippi. It's not that easy. The application-based process requires more time. You have to read the applications to do it well. You have to get to know the organizations. You should, uh, I think you should correspond with them. You know, a five-minute phone call, find out what they're all about, maybe a Zoom call, whatever. Um, but it's much more meaningful, at least it is for me. I know who they are. I know I'm investing wisely. Uh, not everything works out, of course, but uh, at least I feel like I've done my due diligence. And just like in life, the easy way isn't usually the better way, in my opinion. You know, there's a reason why things are, people go down the easy path. It's easy, but you just don't accomplish as much. And so if you're willing to put more time into it and more challenges, this application-based method um, it is it gives you a lot more satisfaction, I think, knowing that your money is well invested in these charities. You know, one last question. You're getting so much information in your head uh, about all these organizations. As you mentioned, the application model is very time consuming. You're willing to put that time in. It's, it's a passion project for you in many ways. Some donors are saying, I'm glad Tom's doing all that work. I would love to know the results of it so that I can then come alongside and maybe invest in some of those. How or Have you given some thought to how you can disseminate some of the, the learnings that you're getting about all these organizations and projects and needs out there on the preservation front that may allow other donors to come along beside you and uh, engage in, in a similar way without having to do their own grants program? Yeah, right. Uh, well, I have thought about that. I um, We don't receive funding in right now. The, the money that we give away is just the money that Shar and I made uh, with our, our cheese business. But I do believe that, I, that we can do even more um, if more people can join us. And I don't exactly know what that looks like. I'm a little bit hesitant to ask people to give me their money because I don't want to be a bad steward of their money. I don't want to disappoint people. If I make a bad decision with my money, I don't mind that. But um, I have thought about how can I share this information? We're trying to be more uh, transparent with the organizations that we fund. You know, we, we list all the organizations, what we're doing with them. And part of that idea is to get people to know more about these organizations. We also, uh, Peter, do a segment called Preserving America. Uh, like I do my videos uh, every week. Once a month, we do a Preserving America video, and that Preserving America video is a five or seven minute video on one site only. So that people out there, you know, John Smith in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he sees a video on um, a place in, in Georgia, and he donates to it. And so once a month, we, we're trying to spread that message about one site. I've talked about, uh, thought about organizing some sort of conference to bring these organizations together. But I don't have all the details worked out on that yet, but I, uh, I still believe there's a lot more we can do. So that's probably not a great answer to your question, but that's where we're, we're heading with it. 
Well, if anyone is listening and says, I would love to invest in some of this stuff, uh, you, you're welcome to, to email us at tell me more at donorstrust.org and, and we can uh, help figure out or at least get your name to Tom so he can follow up with you. Um, because there is so much out there. I sit on the board of a historical organization, the Frontier Culture Museum in Stanton, Virginia, and know that there are always needs for these, but they are so important. And I am glad that uh, that you're out there and thinking, how do we preserve this? How do we tell America's story in a better way? So it's AmericanaCorner.com. People can go and learn more about the grants program, see some of these really great videos, show them to your kids and let them see how the history is really being told and continued because that's our job. And uh, so, Tom, thank you very much for all you're doing. Well, thank you. And uh, this is just a a great conversation. And uh, I'll just sign off by saying to people out there, please let other people know, early American history organizations, about Americana Corners Grant Program. Uh, We'd love to get more applications in this year, and we'd love to do more uh, help for America. So thank you so much. I really admire what Tom Hand is doing to preserve our nation's historic landmarks and resources for learning about the past. I also really admire the intensity with which he has thrown himself into the project. Tom mentioned the importance of trust in his giving, and I think that is true for all of us. In many ways, it is why we give, isn't it? We are, after all, trusting our treasure to people with the time and talent to go out and create impact that we can't create ourselves. As he noted, not every donor has the time or energy to do something as massive as an application-based donor grant program. We at Donors Trust are proud to be part of the team helping Tom achieve this philanthropic goal. And you know what? We can do the same for you, even if it just means giving you an easier way to make a few gifts a year of the causes that you really care about out of your donor advised fund. Email me at tellmemore at donorstrust.org and let's find a time to talk about ways Donors Trust can be a partner for your own unique charitable goals. Well, that's it for this edition of Giving Ventures. Until the next time, thank you for being a giver. Let's talk more soon. Thank you.